where does a franchise go when it's reached the bottom of a mountain? When it's drifted across an ocean and back again? Does it lay itself to rest or does it keep dreaming of greater heights? Theodore Herzl once said, if you will it, then it is no dream. And while Dom Toretto may have never heard this phrase, whether by chance or by choice, he embodies its principles. He makes the impossible possible and the possible appear difficult. When life hands him lemons, he crushes them with a car engine and makes lemonade. When the lemonade goes sour, he tosses it out of a four-story window. And when life takes someone he loves, he takes something back with a vengeance. It would be appropriate to say that he wears his heart on his sleeve if he had sleeves to wear it on. So instead, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time, always looking forward and never looking back, all the while reminding us that the only way to live is both fast and furious. Everybody and welcome to Fast and Furious episode of the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host Joe Gruen. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm all right, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I am working outside today, so it's a it's a nice day out here and a good day to talk about a bad movie. Um, yeah. If this is your first episode of the Reactionaries, what we do is we watch bad action movies, which for the first time in the Fast and the Furious movies, which we're starting off with, this is undoubtedly a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, terrible. we go over them and uh, basically give you the gist of the movie. We watch it so you don't have to. If this is your first episode, go back one in the feed and check out the pre-action where we take a look at the trailer and we talk about how bad the trailer is and try to figure out what the movie is going to be about, which uh, Joe did a pretty good job of sorting out. What it, what it was going to be about. Joe's never seen the Fast and the Furious movies, which is kind of uh, how we roll, is we make sure that one of us hasn't seen it. I've seen all of them before, but I didn't really pay a lot of attention to them, so I kind of only remember large plot points. Um, so um, if you like what you hear here, go ahead. You can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Podbean, and you can rate, review, and subscribe in all those places. So, Joe, Fast and Furious, or Fast and Furious 4, or... What I would like to call Fucking it the worst shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> a name as bad as the movie itself, because it's impossible to Google Fast and Furious because it autofills to the Fast and the Furious every single time. Yeah, there aren't enough expletives in the human language to cover how shit this movie was in a title. So it's just the worst. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's the worst movie I've seen of these four, which is saying a lot. 
because fast the fast and the furious was pretty sucked bad. yeah but that ma- this makes that look like a masterpiece for sure yeah so um so it came out in 2009 so we're eight years after uh the fast and the furious and we're back with the original crew yes directed by uh justin lynn so for the first time in the franchise, we have a uh, back-to-back director. Uh, and as we we didn't cover it in the last podcast, but he actually goes on to, I think, direct each of the next five, if not each of the next five, most of the next five. So he, he's kind of in control of Fast and the Furious from here on out. He is. It's, it's his vision. Yeah. And I can kind of see why they went with him. Like, you can tell he's a director that that doesn't. um that tries to make the movies fun and exciting um, and, and just ridiculous. And and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason with this movie, he like this movie is almost more serious and takes itself more seriously than the first movie. And so like I wrote in my notes, like this movie where this movie went wrong is it took everything that sucked from the first one and it amplified it and made it the whole movie. More Vin Diesel. <laughs> More Vin Diesel. <laughs> less Letty. Uh, just, you know, let's over, you know, overplay the drama. Um, overplay how, like, overplay our hand on how much our audience cares about these characters. Like, I just, I don't know, way too exaggerative. Um, but anyway, budget for this movie, $38 million. Um, which might explain somewhat why it sucks, but not all of it it has only Uh, had a 38 million dollar budget wow yeah they scaled it back big time remember the last one was 85 so they realized their mistake after they lost money on that movie that's Um, crazy so anyway they made 155 million which i think is tied for the most or, or well not tied for the most but like near the the most made which is a huge profit so they actually did okay with this movie i don't know how uh, yeah, it it actually out earned Tokyo Drift in theaters in its first weekend. And Joe, what? you fell victim to the Fast and the Furious slash Fast and Furious uh, Google thing because I was like, "There's no way this movie was only thirty eight million. It was, 80, it was eighty five million." Oh, okay, Fast and the Furious sorry, you're right. You fell, you fell victim to the exact uh, error that we uh, warned people about. Oh, there you go. It was bound to happen. Uh, so eighty five million. That makes a little bit more sense. It's it's yeah. not. At the very least, it's not a um, jump in the budget. So they're definitely tempering their expectations. But they ended up making more money with this movie. So mm-hmm. that's something. But it did finish 15th in a very weak year of movies. Um, there was just nothing beyond like the first three movies. I, I think uh, what was right before it. I don't know. I closed my Google. But it was like really crap movies. Just take my word for it. Um, All right. Okay. So... Uh, jump into the film here we open in the dominican republic and we see a truck racing down the freeway followed by the cars um followed by three cars and this is kind of an homage to the fast and the furious one except it has even less of a setup somehow because this is literally just jumping into this first scene of the movie with no idea what's going on um, it's like jumping for it. At least the first movie had the scene at the docks, you know, where you get an explanation of what the hell. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, here's the heist. Uh, you'll find out what they're heisting later, I guess. Um, VHS any, DVD combos. That's what you'd assume, right? But yeah. no, it's not. Uh, but first we find out that Letty has not been rotting in a prison cell. And that's nice, I guess. 
because she's there. She's part of this crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom's there. Uh, there's three cars. Who do you think? Oh, wait. Uh, no, there's four. Four. Yeah, there's three cars. Dom and Letty's in one. Uh, Han and his girlfriend's in another. But Han's dead, Joe. He Han died is at dead. The end of Tokyo Drift. But remember, he's he's alive. You you kind of gave away the hand on that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, then who's gonna be in the third one? Is it gonna be Vince? Wouldn't that be exciting? Because he survived the first movie. Uh-huh. No, it's two random Latino guys like we've never seen before. And where I guess we're supposed to know who they are and accept them as part of the crew. But they're we Tego have... and Omar. Tego is that their actual names? Tego. Those are their actual actual names. Because Joe, we have heard their work in Fast and Furious movies before. Really? The song, the Vin Diesel song at the end of Tokyo Drift, Los Bandoleros, is a song by Tego and Omar. Oh, interesting. They're musicians. Yeah, they're musicians. And their song also shows up uh, in the Chinese food scene in this movie and again in Fast Five and Fast Six. Okay, well, they are shitty heistmen. (laughs) They are Uh, not good actors either. No, they're not. Uh, so anyway, we get a really good point here by Han. He says, I thought we'd be robbing banks by now, not some gas truck in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And Letty says, down here, gas is gold, Bubba. Bubba. And she called like Dom Bubba before, and I thought it was like an endearing term. No, I guess it's just something she says now. It's just something she loves to say. You know that thing that mid-20-somethings love to say, <laughs> Bubba? Yeah, it's just your catchphrase. It's cool um, <laughs> but anyway uh yeah you know what else is gold down there gold gold, gold cash yeah. shit that shows up in banks which they make the point of banks don't move i think yeah. uh tego says that yeah another good point but dom is just not listening because he's not a good listener in this movie um the truck driver has an iguana so i guess that's important to point out yeah and uh, we get a glimpse of the plan here. Dom gets in front of the truck to slow it down. Letty jumps onto the tankers and freezes these kind of connectors mm-hmm. and then breaks the hitches. Uh, Which is actually kind of smart if it actually works. It's not a bad move. It's not a bad move, but I, um, yeah. But- and then the, the Han and the Latino guys, they attach their trucks to the tankers. But go on. Yeah, I was going to say, but any plan that... Um includes having to strategically throw a hitch on a hinge while somebody's driving backwards on the freeway. Probably not a great plan. And they call that out because they say it's like it took you six ter- six times last last time we did this to get this right, which maybe, you know, have a different plan. I mean, the, the grappling hook into the seat was a better plan. <laughs> Easily, yeah. <laughs> you could grapple into the tanker or something and, and this would be a better plan. Um. But yeah, it'd also be an okay plan if the trucks weren't like the size of landscaper trucks. Yeah. Trying to are... haul these two giant tanks of gas. Yeah, which they do it two two tanks at a time, which we were talking last time about the the weight or the in the pre-action, the weight of one of these tankers wouldn't be able to be hauled by one of these trucks, but two of them? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Han pulls it off, though, and he does so with some sweet drifting skills. And the truck driver, uh, the truck truck driver, the main truck driver, notices that Letty is on top of the tanks while the Latino guys are trying to catch their haul, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so he rams Don 
which how does he know Dom's a part of this at this that's, point? <laughs> that's true. He's just a, well, I, I mean, maybe you, put, maybe you put two and two together. Well, that's a big leap, right? Like a guy gets in front of his car, starts driving slow. Could just be some old dude. That's true. He is bald, too. He's bald? So, so it's like this old guy. But uh, yeah, he rams, uh, he rams, he rams Dom. Rams Dom. Uh, well, Dom sides to abort at that point. He, he notices what's going on. He gets shot at. And yeah, this- which Bilkins warned us. They're carrying, Truck starting to carry guns. guns and have been for four, four movies now. Yep. Um, so we get this stupid exchange between Dom and the Latino guy uh, that's driving. And he says, don't be crazy. Lose your load. And the Latino guy says, what do you think I'm trying to do? Which I can't tell if it's a joke or not. And then <laughs> Dom says, idiot, just release. And I'm like, he's not listening <laughs> to what the guy's saying. Like, he's not giving him any direction. He sucks at being a leader, basically. Yeah. And then he speeds up to Letty, and we get the same kind of exchange, where he's like, spray the hitch. And she's like, I don't have a hammer. And she's like, just do it. I'm like, he's just not a good listener. He's like, not not. understanding what's happening here. And Uh, there's something, by the way, I've been meaning to bring up. People just talk in these movies, and everybody hears them. Like, there's not a chance that Dom and Letty would actually be able to hear each other going whatever down the freeway, yelling at each other. With wind. (laughs) Yeah, with wind. It's usually because they seem to have conversations while they're racing, which, by the way, remember when this movie, these movies were about racing? Yeah, that was was so long ago. Uh, They seem to have these conversations while they're racing against each other, while just, like, muttering under their breath. And this and this time they're just they're yelling, but there's no way they would be hearing each other and holding a conversation. Totally. Great point. Great point. Yeah. yeah. Then he uh, Dom speeds up. He rams the truck and doesn't die, which I guess means that his uh, Buick is stronger than a Mustang. I guess that's what that proves. Of course. Um, and then this breaks the liquid nitrogen uh, hold and it frees the Latino guys truck and they get away. Mm hmm. And then the truck driver bails from his truck, the main truck driver, which why would you do that? <laughs> like, I don't understand what he's. He could have hit the brakes, but instead totally. he bails. Yeah, he just but bails on his. He saves the iguana. That's, he does that's save important. the iguana. Does not save the, I'm assuming what, like a uh, third of a mil of gasoline or quarter mil of gasoline. Yeah, that, that's left on the car. Well, you yeah. need that to flip and explode. Correct. In a super well done explosion, guys. <laughs> Definitely not out of like a sci-fi movie or anything. No, it's it's fine. Which, by the way, this why can't if the truck driver just bails and is fine, why can't Letty just do that? Totally. <laughs> why she gotta jump onto the hood of Dom's car going whatever my you know presumably 50 50. yeah, fifty miles an hour or so. Good point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, she but... could have just bailed into the the uh, into the dirt like that guy, and this would have worked much better. But well, because then it wouldn't be a, a callback to Vince from the first movie. That's true. I guess. So yeah, so we get Letty jumping on a Dom's car hood and then mm-hmm. hanging on for dear life, mm-hmm. and then we get the tank that splits away from the main truck. The main truck flies out ahead and blocks the turn. And the tanker bursts into flames. As it does, as they do. Starts flipping toward them. And we get that scene from the trailer 
Oh, by the way, this is all CGI. Like this all is CGI. Yeah, it's well. I mean, how are you going to get a practical effect? You're not, but like it just looks like CGI. I guess that's my point. Like it looks like I'm watching a sci-fi movie for like five minutes here. Well, this uh, is where most of the eighty million dollars budget went was into the CGIing this scene. They they spent about sixty-five million dollars on that. I think like they spent like twenty million on it, and like spent the rest on sleeveless shirts for Vin. <laughs> for Vin. <laughs> Which. You know, they they should be cheaper because there's no sleeves. So right. it's less material. Right. But he, he requires premium level shirts that they cut the sleeves off of. All right. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah. Then we get the title. Fast. Oh, he makes it. Yeah. Okay. Then we get the title, Fast and Furious. We get intense Latin music. And it is asses, tits, asses, camel toe, asses, asses, more asses. Just they found something that works, I guess, and they just did it. I told you, remember, I told you in the Fast and the Furious, I was like, get used to that scene, Joe. It is everywhere. This is by far the most intense upgrading of that from the last film. This is basically, I mean, I don't mean to slut shame here, but every girl here is a slut. Like every girl here is objectively dressed like a slut. Well, I mean, it also goes back to the thing that everybody's really horny for racing for some reason. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Which, uh, by the way, how off the rails has this franchise gotten that uh, he power slides under a flaming big rig and we're like, okay, on to the credits. Yeah, sure. It's like, all right, whatever, whatever you say. I mean, we saw this is another escalation, the the big rig thing, because uh, it killed the Mustang. Again, we don't know if going under a big rig is good or bad. We don't know. No. In this universe, we don't. In the real world, we do. It's bad. (laughs) It's not a good idea to ram a truck with your shitty little coop. Um, But yeah, so back to the... Back Back to the the Fast and the Furious staple scene. Uh, We get a Latino guy. Oh, no, we get the first Latino guy from the truck. Mm-hmm. Which what were their names again? Who knows? Tego and Omar. Tego and Omar, and one of them says, "Me primo is running security at the airbase," and the other one says, uh, "says they're going to be a couple of refueling planes arriving." Which, like, how's that plan going to work exactly? Like, they're going to storm an air an airbase, dude. They're gonna they're gonna get a SWAT team together. They're gonna storm an airbase, which I assume has minimal to no security. Oh yeah, this is only two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I definitely assume that, you know, since one taker truck was half stolen and half exploded, they're going to take a little bit more precaution next time. So they can't even just do the same heist. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I guess <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Bizarre. Um, okay. So Han says cops just raided. Oh, Han's pissed off. Cause cops just raided one of their garages, which I did not know that Vin, uh, sorry, Vin Dom and Han are in business together. I just knew that they like rolled in the same crew. I didn't know they had like a series of garages. Yeah, they're 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 boys. Yeah, that was a bizarre thing to like drop. Again, they're just dropping things on the audience that like they have to figure out for themselves. Um, and uh, they said that he says that this heist will attract undue attention to their operations. Uh, which I don't see how it would since they escaped. Like none of them were caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Everybody just kind of scatters and everybody's okay. There were no cameras, you know, so like how is how are they going to trace this back to them? Uh, Dom 
then advises Han to leave to avoid the law. And uh, he says, we had a good run. Uh, I, f- I wrote in my notes, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a, they didn't. And even if they did, we don't know about it, right? Because we didn't get to see any of it. Yeah. And B, this is what they bring him back for. This is what they bring Han back for. For 15 minutes of a mediocre action scene at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, but I mean, you get the like, oh, they're, uh, uh, you know, I hear they're doing some wild in Tokyo. And then he, he eats a snack. He's like the Brad Pitt. He's the Brad Pitt. to He's Ocean's Eleven's Brad Pitt, but for the Fast and Furious. Just always eating. Always eating. Yeah. Always snacking. Yep. But yeah, so so there's a, they brought back fan favorite Han and now he's gone. Now he's gone. Presumably forever because he's in Tokyo now. Yeah. Uh, so Dom also advises Letty to leave because, of course, he does because he doesn't care about her. <laughs> We've established this this way. <laughs> uh, he says, oh, she says, ride or die, remember? And I put, no, I don't. Am I supposed to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it feels that. like, yeah, it feels like that should have been a callback to The Fast and the Furious. But, Joe, we took notes on that movie. We talked about it for over two hours. And I have no memory of them saying ride or die. We would have listed ride or die. Yeah, hundred percent. It didn't happen. Um, calm down, Han. <laughs> calm down, Han. You're uh, sitting there chomping on Mike. Sorry about that. <laughs> Apologies, guys. Okay, so uh, Dom bails on Letty, but leaves the cash. So I guess he's a good guy. Then we get to downtown LA, and we get stupid Brian chase scene. Where we find out he's FBI. That's from he's the trailer, a, yeah. right? He's he's a G man. Mm-hmm. Finally, which also remember he was a terrible. He had terrible blonde hair. Now he's a brunette. Yes, but he gets called Blondie in this movie. <laughs> it's so he's stupid. clearly brunette. Um, but anyway, uh, he says, "Give me a name," and the guy says, "David Park," which kind of becomes like a Kaiser Soze of this movie. Almost. Yeah. Well, not the, the first Kaiser Soze of this movie, I should say. Well, hold on. Before he says David Park, I want to give them credit because I've seen so many scenes with a G-Man or somebody chasing another guy and the guy jumps a chain link fence. I have never seen the guy run full force into the chain link fence to knock the other guy off. That's a good move. I have yeah, not that seen good... that in a movie. I have not seen that in a movie before. And I was like, huh, why don't they uh, why don't they do that more? It's a good point. Makes a lot of sense because those things reverberate. We've oh, we find out Brian's boss has an eating disorder and he can't control himself around donuts on <laughs> which doesn't play into the movie later. So yeah, no, it's just like yeah, it's it's another thing where they set up a something you think might be a plot point or, or a running gag, and it's just a one-off. It's yeah. that's another Fast and the Furious staple. Like, wouldn't this be funny if you love to eat donuts? Yeah, would it be great? Maybe they're gonna show him eating donuts in every scene. Like that'd be kind of funny. No. Nope. Yeah, or like he's like a pink box, like behind right. him on his yeah on his shelf behind him or something. And Just demolished. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like he like continues to like eyeball it. Like somebody else has a donut and he's just like eyeballing the donut the whole time. But no, that's it. Nope. End of that. We uh, do find out his name is Penning though, uh, and Penning says. Uh, complaints keep rolling in after your little downtown Olympics, O'Connor. Tell me reinstating you wasn't a mistake. I was like, yeah, that was the red flag. <laughs> he chased a guy through the streets. Which I got, him. I got a question here. I got a huge question. When we last uh-huh. saw Brian, he was LAPD, right? He wasn't FBI. Correct. They were working with the FBI. 
Correct. So, well, actually, last time we saw Brian, he was not a cop anymore. Well, last time we saw, last time we saw him as a cop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last time we saw Brian as a cop, he was LAPD. And so they said, uh, what's his name? Penning? I didn't even bother to learn this guy. Right, the boss. Let's say the boss. The boss says, yeah, uh, reinstating him. Like, don't make me regret reinstating you, Brian. Which means, so he went from LAPD to FBI. And then he was presumably kicked out of the FBI at some point, And then they reinstated him. Because otherwise he would say, don't make me regret hiring you. Right. <laughs> So what does Brian do? He's so bad at everything. Right. Or I guess we could just assume that he's fucked up a bunch because he fucks up a bunch. (laughs) Like maybe he's maybe he got hired to the FBI after two and he got fired again. And then he got hired in a separate like away from the movie. You know, it's possible. Like, I have no idea because they don't give any background on any of this. Um, But anyway, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, so we get Brian. Uh, oh, Brian saves his job with a name, and that's David Park. And uh, Shea Wiggum is in this movie, which is kind of cool. Uh, Shea Wiggum from like Boardwalk Empire fame. And um, if you guys watch Waco, he's in that too. Uh, anyway, he aptly points out that there are probably at least 50 David Parks in LA, but no one listens to him because he says it in a racist way. Uh, then <laughs> that's true. Then apparently David Park is uh, a scout. Uh, oh yeah, Brian says no, no, no. David Park's a scout for street racers to uh, be mules for the Braga cartel, and he knows all of this, but has no idea what Braga looks like, and no one knows what Braga looks like, and no one has fingerprints prints for Braga, and I guess he's the Kaiser Soze of this movie now. Um, So then Bryant confidently says, we find Park, we bust the bad guys. Uh, Which, how are you going to do that, dipshit, if you have nothing on? Yeah, it was, it's a real underpants known plan. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's exactly what I thought, yeah. Uh, It's missing that whole middle part where you actually get Park. Um, Anyway, Panama City, we, we flash to. Dom gets a phone call from Mia, and she says Letty's been murdered. Uh, which pause, wait, Letty went back to LA, Letty, like, yeah, we really, yeah, there's really maybe about 20 minutes of this movie missing. Totally. And it's all the scenes with Letty. They bring back Michelle Rodriguez to, uh, jump on a, let's see, what did she do? She slept Yeah. when, when Dom left her, she jumped on a, a tanker and she looked out on the ocean. And she made out with Dom on a beach and then died. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the person listed as third as in starring on IMDb. Yeah. And one of the main four people in the first movie. Yes. Um, but somehow she has more screen time, I feel like, in this movie. And she has no screen time in this movie. Like, I That's thought back true. to the first movie. She didn't have a lot of lines. Like, I don't remember a lot of memorable Michelle Rodriguez moments. No, she didn't do much in the first one. Um. Yeah, this is just beyond a pacing problem. This is just bad storytelling at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. So Letty's, then we get Letty's funeral, and Dom is watching from a hillside. Um, which, like, what? How did Dom get back into the country? He just drove from he just Panama drove across the border, <laughs> across the border, without yeah. the FBI or customs like 
seeing him. Um, yeah, how is the FBI not seeing Dom? Because, like, you see Brian. You think, like, maybe Dom's hiding kind of really far away, but, like, he's watching the funeral, so you know he's not that far away. So you figure maybe he's, like, obscured by bushes or trees. No. Then you, you see Brian look to the spot that he was in, <laughs> and he's out in the open. <laughs> it's like anyone with two eyes can see this guy. Um, Joe, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. This is an FBI who hires a guy who has screwed them over twice because he yeah. stole money from the last one. So he screwed them over two out of two times and then they hire him. Correct. So they're not very bright. Right. But he never follows through his plans because he never opened that fucking garage. That's true. Yeah. I wanted to know what happened to that garage. Didn't happen. What happened to his friend from Barstow? Roman. Is Roman is Roman hungry? That's what I need to know. <laughs> Has he been fed? Did you leave him in the house without feeding? <laughs> uh, so the FBI saw Dom cross the border. Oh yeah, this is where we find out they actually saw him cross the border with facial recognition technology. Uh-huh. Except they still, so they still let him cross, I guess, and they didn't track him. Which yeah, is- they're like, so we we found him, and then we just kind of let him go. <laughs> let him go. This uh, is, by the way, this is the FBI eight years after. He was just involved with stealing VHS DVD combos. Yes. That's eight years later. An investigation they were going to close because Brian wasn't getting any results. They still have it in their craw eight years later. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we get a great picture here. <laughs> we find out the best picture they could find of Letty was a picture of her sitting on Tom's lap at a cookout. <laughs> And that picture actually comes up again later in the movie. <laughs> they were so like, quick. <clears throat> they couldn't pay Michelle Rodriguez to come back and shoot some pictures like she had a life with them. They just had to find a still from the first movie and, and call that a picture. Exactly. It is because Vince is in the shot. <laughs> it's totally from the first movie. It's it's the scene where they're doing lunch. And they're saying grace. It's that scene, but it's just a random still they didn't use in the actual film. Um, Anyway, Shea Wiggum then says, I don't get it. I thought he'd show. Um, And then, yeah, we see Brian looking up (laughs) to the worst hiding spot in the world, which is out in the open. Um, Then we have Dom arriving at the house. uh, And we have Mia saying, I told you not to come. They're staking this place out. Which, like, are all FBI agents blind? Like, is that why they wear sunglasses? <laughs> is that what we're finding out here? Um, we find out that Letty has been working on Dom's charger and installed a BDS supercharger on it, so maybe she's the anti-Semite. Uh, then we have the FBI headquarters, and uh, we find out that they need to make inroads on the Braga case in the next 72 hours. And Penning, I guess, is the new Bilkins in this scenario. <laughs> He's putting an accelerated timeline on this thing that just started. Um, Bra- uh, we find out that Braga is a drug kingpin, and he's mm-hmm. bigger than Escobar, and no one knows what he looks like. And then we find out, uh, oh, he asks a question. What's the progress on David Park? And he says, uh, they're running the name through the database. Already have 500 matches. Apparently FBI stands for fucking blind and idiotic. It's like, <laughs> this is what was brought up earlier. You can't just run a name like David Park through your fucking database. Um, and they're they like, yeah, that's racist to point out that David Park is a very generic name. Yeah. What are you going to say next? 
we're gonna put uh john smith in our, our yeah. uh, thing juan gonzalez hey <laughs> <And> carlos sanchez <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I put, I'm not paying my taxes next year. You <laughs> pissed me off so much. Um, so, uh, then Brian says, cross-check traffic, illegal modifications, and street racing. Yeah, and that's where I put my team. Yeah, that'll narrow it down. After that, they can search for one Carlos Sanchez involved in drug trafficking in the United States. <laughs> um, then we get a weird burn, and Shea Wiggum says, uh, they found Toretto, where they're going to arrest him. And Brian says, not in your car. And I was like, yeah, they aren't going to chase him. They're going to wait until he gets out of the car. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so anyway, uh, we get, oh, we get our CSI Dom scene. And Dom investigates the crash site where Letty died. And it's shot like a CSI scene where Dom can, like, decipher the events of the crash based off skid marks and, like, scrape pavement it's, and this bizarre yellow dust. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a scene. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, what do you even say about it, right? It's like they're showing these enactments of, like, spirit trucks and cars and, like, flipping through Dom. And by the way, I also put in my notes... Dom looks constipated when he goes into Sherlock Holmes mode. Like, he just has this, like, pursed lips and, like, intense face. And, like, very bizarre scene. Um, yeah, it's it's really dumb. And it, it really plays like they were like, okay, this is our CSI uh, Miami. I guess CSI LA. Yeah, which makes sense. It was big at the time. But, like, to see it just show up for one scene of a movie like this is really weird. How weird would it be if instead it just goes veers off this fra- the big change I kept telling you about the franchise is it's Dom is a, uh, a CSI guy now and that's the new change in the franchise. Oh yeah, he just turns around and says, "Looks like we're gonna have to get fast and furious." And furious. Yeah. Bum yeah. <laughs> bum. Um. Yeah. So we get Dom who says that this yellow dust is nitromethane. Uh, and only one guy in LA sells it. And note, uh, nitromethane, I looked this up, it's also in cleaning products, pharmaceuticals, pesticides, fibers, and co- coatings. So apparently, Dom is searching for Walgreens. <laughs> I didn't even think to look that up. I assumed it was some non, you know, I assumed it was something that they only used like Nas, but all right then. No, it's used in everything. Um, so Dom's got a sweet Chevelle SS for someone who just snuck across the border. Uh, don't know how he hooked that up. And then Shea Wiggum brings in Mia and Brian has, oh, we find out that Brian has narrowed his pool to 50 David Parks and wants to run the make and model for each of their cars. So I don't know how he got down from 500 to 50 just by like looking at files in his car, but apparently he's a genius. Um... Then we have Dom harassing a mechanic. Oh, we have a new scene. Dom's harassing a mechanic who sells his Walgreen, uh, Walgreens-grade nitromethane. Mm-hmm. Uh, he somehow knows that the car is a Ford full-size with Continental tires. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know how he got that. And then the mechanic blows him off, so Dom nearly crushes his head with a car engine. <laughs> Which is amazing. Just an amazing move. Like, what if that didn't work? Like, what if his, the chain slipped out of his hand? Yeah. What if his hand was just a little <laughs> slick? Like, we just get a 
splattered head and no name. Or this chain that he's never touched before that's in a shop. It could presumably be covered in oil. In oil, exactly. Dom has no way of knowing this, and but he risks it all on that. He just snaps. Like he just he does this like two more times in the movie where he just has a break. Like he has that psychotic break that you've heard about in the first movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets a name though, and a car, because the guy survives, thankfully. And the name is David he, he, Park. Yeah, the guy can continue to be a mechanic. He does not need to look up janitor <laughs> jobs. Be a janitor. I think I almost put in my notes like, what happens to a car mechanic? Does he <laughs> become a janitor? Or does he just become like a Jiffy Lube guy? <laughs> um Anyway, he gets a name in a car. It's David Park. Uh, car is a green Ford Torino. Mm-hmm. Then we get our diner date with Brian and Mia. Uh, mm-hmm. Not really a date, more of like an interrogation or semi-apology. Yeah, and after, Brian, after Brian brings Mia from the FBI, which, again, Brian can just do whatever he wants. Yes, this is a There's, fireable offense. <laughs> and no repercussions. He calls and is like, hey, come down to evidence. And then he just walks in and is like, I, I have a transfer. The guy's like, okay. And he's okay. like, let's let's go. And then she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he does that transfer scene, because that comes way later. But, like, remember the scene where he, like, hides the stuff? At the oh, end? yeah. And then, like, he says, like, the FBI's not going to find it. He's just, I don't know. I don't get it. He uh, does whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, we're at this diner scene. Brian tells Mia to avoid Dom until the Braga thing blows over because it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then Brian says that betraying Mia was the hardest thing he ever had to do, besides his job, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then Brian not doing his job is much easier, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Brian uh, thinks he got a job at the FBI because he's a good liar, which made <laughs> me laugh out loud. This is the same guy who is talking to his superior while he's sleeping with the sister of a suspect. Yeah. Right next to her. Um, Just amazing, amazing... uh, uh, Lack of awareness. Yeah, amazing uh, operational security for Brian. Just like, hello, my boss at the FBI. (laughs) Yes, I am am sleeping next to the suspect's uh, sister. How may I help you? Hold on one sec. Yeah, it's a wrong number. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yes, Dom Toretto. We will go get him soon. Thank you. Yeah, the, sure. Us being the FBI and the LAPD, which right. I am undercover for. Okay, right. goodbye. I am Brian O'Connor. <laughs> I'm sure the top is fucking filed. It says, good liar. Yes, first <laughs> thing. Uh, anyway, Mia says, maybe you're not the good guy pretending to be the bad guy. Maybe you're the bad guy pretending to be the good guy. Or maybe he's just an idiot pretending to be a cop. (laughs) Um, So Mia says, I always wondered, why'd you let my brother go that day? And then Brian says, I don't know. Yeah, I wrote next to that writer thought process. (laughs) (laughs) He's like working it out as the story's moving. Uh, Actually, no, I put in my notes, Sihan, that's how you answer a question. Direct. (laughs) And honestly, uh, why'd you let my brother go that day? Well, a man's got to have a philosophy in life. And my philosophy is you got to do what you got to do. And that's why I let your brother go. To- Brian, that's not an answer. Yeah. But, you know, Han taught me that that would be an answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not as good at this as Han. It doesn't come off the tongue, right? I'm sorry. Um, anyway, Brian has narrowed down to one David Park. Finally. 
who drives a Nissan 240 with an illegal mod because that's something he'd drive. Yeah, which is great, by the way. This woman who's all, always plays some like subordinate at a federal agency. She's in so many things as some like low level person. Like she's in NCIS, and I think she's in a couple other shows. Yes, yeah. He's like cross reference these against cars, and obviously they're looking for good cars. And she's like, "Well, this guy drives a Sebring, and this guy drives a Tahoe, and this guy these guys drive Priuses." If I was Brian, I'd be like. Why are you wasting my time with these? Leave those at the desk. Don't right. bring me. <laughs> yes, the Chevy Tahoe. That's what I'm looking for. The guy who drives the Tahoe. Right, yeah. You have anyone in there who drives a Suburban by chance? Yeah. A nice Hummer. Yeah. So the guy's just like, yeah. And then it's like the Nissan. So, But still, you know, with intuition like that, he'll make director of the FBI in no time. Oh, yeah. So it's just flawless logic. Um. Anyway, Dom is at David Park's apartment and Brian is pulling up. And Dom wants to know whose car this was, uh, which I'm really confused by. Uh, oh, OK. I'm really confused by Park's job description because he keeps saying, um, I don't I don't know anything. Uh, I just I'll set you up on a race. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm also really confused by his job description because is he a recruiter or is he modding the cars? Because I- like. I think he's both. I think that's his job. Is he he is in the street racing and modding scene so he can get the cars modded and he can recruit people. Okay, because then we find out there's this new character who is also all about recruiting guys named Campos, but we'll get to him like shortly. But well, Joe, we know why like... Campos is so hands on. Correct. Uh don't... <laughs> spoiler. Um anyway, uh we get Park who offers to put Dom in the race. So Dom hangs him out of a four-story window again. <laughs> Third time somebody has gone out of a window in the first half hour of this movie. Yeah, what is he going to accomplish with this exactly? Like, I don't understand. Like, you get into the race, you can find the guy. Like, this is the whole way this works, but now you have to hang him out of a window after he's offered. What are you going to intimidate him into? <laughs> this is also the guy who... So he doesn't have great thoughts here. His His plans aren't great, but he also masterminds, like grappling hook heists and nitrogen and breaking off with hammer heist. So he can plan. He just chooses not to in this case, I guess. Well, I, Jeff, I have some serious doubts that he's the one planning these heists at this point. Cause like, he is not the best planner at all. Like, was it Letty? Maybe it was Letty. Maybe it was Vince. Maybe Mia's the brains of the operation. I don't know. But Vince and Mia aren't involved in the Dominican Republic heist. So it's either Dom or it's Letty. That's those are your two options. Good point. So maybe maybe it's Letty. <laughs> maybe it's Han. Maybe had maybe Han's had his hands in all of this stuff. Oh my it. god. Um, who knows? So anyway, Brian was uh oh Brian says that Letty was running drugs for Braga and mm-hmm. then tells Dom to back off. Um and then Dom says, I'm gonna kill this Braga and anyone who gets in my way. Then he drops Park out the window. And he almost falls to his death. (laughs) Fortunately, he's got quick reactions. He grabs onto something, but he almost dies. And then uh, Dom gets away because Brian rescues Park and brings him in. Uh, Then Shay Wiggum is mad at Brian. Oh, he's mad at Brian because he released Mia. So Brian slams his face. He goes fucking Dom and slams his face into a marble wall. (laughs) Yeah, he goes gorilla mode. Could you imagine being this guy at the FBI? 
Like he's he's the he's the uh, Frank Grimes of the FBI. Totally. <laughs> totally, dude. Are you kidding me? Like Brian's the Homer, and he's Grimes. And he's just like he let the. <laughs> he hasn't been wrong yet. <laughs> and the boss is just like, stop bleeding on my floor. Yeah, I have a whole exchange here. He says, Stasiak, go get yourself cleaned up. Stasiak says, but he hit me first. Boss, this isn't the Cub Scouts. Now go on. You're bleeding on my floor. What? He's he's in trouble because Brian committed uh, low-level fraud to impersonate another guy at the He's impersonating a federal official, even though he is one. That's... He could go to jail for that. And then he springs a witness who's the sister of their prime suspect who Brian had let go in the past. And then Brian comes back and slams Sasiak's face into a wall. A horrible wall. (laughs) That would hurt so bad. And then the boss is just like, I don't care who started it. I'm finishing it. Don't make yeah. me turn this this uh, FBI around and gets mad at Stasiak for <laughs> being right and getting his face slammed into a wall. Not a thing to say to the guy he was just going to let go because he chased a man through the street and messed up a marketplace and caught oh, him. Amazing. This is, <clears throat> if you're the main character, you can do whatever you want. Anything you want. Rules yeah, do just, not apply. Just imagine being Stasiak at this point, though. <laughs> How like, angry would you be? Imagine the scene of him cleaning himself up in the mirror in the bathroom and what that must have <laughs> been like. Just cussing under his breath. Brian O'Connor, he hates Brian O'Connor. He comes back with a wrapped hand because he smashed the mirror because right. he was so so mad. He's like, slam my face into a marble wall. Slam your face into a marble wall, Brian. Let my suspect go. Well, you, you see him during a meeting. The next scene, and he's staring forward either like he's catatonic or he's, like, psychotic. Or Brian concussed him. Or that. (laughs) His brain just doesn't work anymore. Um, Anyway, he's also, like, 10 or 15 years older than Brian O'Connor, at least. So, like, he's been working his way to this point to get undermined by this, like, 20-year-old. Anyway. By the way, screwed over the FBI twice. 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 In his short life, he's done it twice. Uh, so then we have the boss. The boss says, O'Connor, do you know the difference between a cop and a criminal? And Brian says, what? Or what? I'm sorry. He says, what? <laughs> no, the, the way you said it the first time would be more appropriate to Brian's character. Correct. What? Correct. What, what you, there's uh-huh. a difference? And then the boss says, uh, one bad judgment call. So I guess everyone who worked on this film is a criminal. <laughs> he Brian makes nothing but bad judgment calls. And is nothing. somehow still a cop. Well, does it so? Does it work if you make two bad judgment calls? You go it, back. It reverses it. A cop. Yeah. So if you're a cop and you make a bad judgment call, you become a criminal. But then if you're a criminal and you make a bad judgment call, you become a cop. Well, it seems like that's how these movies are working. He's a cop yeah. in the first one. He's a criminal at the beginning of the second one. Now he's a cop again, and then presumably he'll be a criminal by by the next one based off what he does here. Uh, well, okay. I don't know if it's a good judgment call or a bad judgment call because that's the only difference. Right. Uh, so anyway, Brian uh, is going undercover as a racer again, mm-hmm. and he wants three cars for one race. And the FBI is also tracking Brian's car. So uh, we get all that that preliminary stuff. Which he's surprised by. They give him the tracker, and he's like, oh, I don't know about this. Which he had a, he had he his had entire one. car was wired for tracking and too fast, too furious. And they give him a little bug that all he has to do is pull it out and stick in some Nas, and he's good to go. 
Well, his is yeah, his energy drink, not us. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, interesting. So anyway, now we find out that Gal Gadot is in this movie, which yeah blew my mind. Yeah, apparently, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is why when you said this movie was anti-Israel because of the BDS engine, I was like, I can't let Joe know that Gal Gadot's in this because it's fair enough. It's a weird turn, and yeah. she cannot act. She can't act. No, she no. is. Um, she is Ava Mendez. Ava Mendez level acting here, uh, just less smirking, more you know, smoldering. She's smoldering. There yes. we go. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. also down the line, she will get to it. Extremely horny for Dom um, immediately. Uh, unexplained, unexplainably. <laughs> just anyway, incredibly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Brian gets schooled by Joe Dirt. <laughs> Dwight is his name, yeah. Joe Dirt, yeah. just who turns Joker. out to be a character in this movie, just all however briefly, yeah. And then Brian and Dom meet Campos, a man named Campos, who recruits racers for Braga. Mm-hmm. And I said I thought this was Park's job, but apparently there are multiple levels of recruiting. Park recruits recruits racers, <clears throat> who then vie for being part of the crew for Braga. Yeah. It's like a second level interview. Yeah, which we'll get to it. How they treat the crew, I don't know how people don't put two and two together, but we'll get to that part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dom wants to know what they're transporting, uh, but Campos will only tell the winner of the race what they're going to mm-hmm. be transporting. And this race is different because no one's closing the streets. Very important difference. Remember, every movie we've had so far, people have closed the streets off. There's been a crew. This I one set up happen. for the race. Two, the, the, the first characters we see in Too Fast, Too Furious are the crew setting up. So Correct. Yeah. Very important part of this franchise. Uh, also, this race looks like a video game, which is it's cool. This, this whole race scene, I just, I want stri- <laughs> to strike it from my memory because it is just the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, anyway, we get a collection of weak burns galore here while they're racing uh the black racer says how how my ass look chia pet and then the arab guy says ghetto Ghetto smurf Smurf. which this is one of the instances of he was exasperated by him being called chia pet and that's why he calls him ghetto smurf and how are they hearing each other yeah how are they hearing? good point very good point this is one of this is what made me snap was this scene it was something that was underneath but i was like how did they hear each other because he's clearly responding yes because then the black guy says dead man driving so they're engaged in a dialogue it's not just shouting random stuff at each other it's ridiculous but before that before the race before the race starts i just want to i just want to give a shout out to this incredible dialogue between dom and brian before the race starts okay dom says or brian says you sure you want to do this? And Dom says, a lot has changed. And Brian says, you're right. That's supposed to be this big, intense exchange. I, I went, oh, okay. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> They've had scenes together. This isn't like they show up and see each other. It's just like, hey, what's going on, Dom? Nothing. All right, let's race. Yeah, that's an exchange they should have had like 30 minutes ago in this movie. That's the exchange they should have had when uh, Dom was holding Park out of the window. Correct. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause that actually would have worked better. Cause when Dom's holding park out of the window, he says, um, she was my, Brian says she was my friend too. 
And Dom right. says, we're nobody's friend. And then Brian goes, a lot has changed. Then that exchange would have worked a lot better. But yeah, this nope. nothing's changed. Apparently, the only thing that's changed is that Dom's car can raise off the ground, which that changes everything. I guess it does. Um, so Dom pulls the same cheap shot on Brian that gets his, that got his dad killed. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Rams the front of his car going like hundreds of miles per hour. Um, oh, Dom, and Brian yeah. definitely should have killed people. He goes through those alleys and everybody just kind of parts ways. And he came very, he definitely should have killed people. Well, they're all Sims. We established this in Tokyo Drift. That's where, true. Like, the people on the streets, they understand when a car is coming at them and they get out of the way accordingly. Yeah. Hive mind. And then, yeah. So, so yeah, then we, we the get back into the race. Mm-hmm. Brian is pissed off about it because it was a cheap shot. Wait, 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 hold on. Before the race ends, Joe, you're skipping some very crucial things. Like, okay. like the fact that Dom still calls Brian a buster in 2009. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, and so they get the, the great, the GPS, which awful mechanic. I hate this GPS so much in this thing. It's right. just terrible. But he says, uh, it says quarter mile away. So we're like, oh, and they're neck and neck. So we're like, oh, okay. So we're going to get the quarter mile race. Mm-hmm. And um, again, Brian or Dom, Dom does the Nas too early this time, but it's so that uh, he can try to kill Brian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After Dom juked the guy whose name I don't know, I just called him Ghetto Smurf, who uh, definitely dies. Oh, d- dude. Did I not say that? Ghetto no. Smurf and Arab guy are dead. They're they both died dead. quickly after that exchange they had. They are definitely dead. Like, 100% dead. So, okay. So, yes. Yeah. Then then, then Dom tries to kill Brian and wins the race. Yeah, and Brian Gal Gadot is, is horny for him. Yeah, Gal, Gal Gadot's still horny. And Campos is now horny for him, too. Because yeah. he says, you work for Braga now. When the GPS calls, you follow. Mm-hmm. And... Is the GPS, is that Gal Gadot, like, we find out later she's on the GPS in another race or another part of the heist, and, like... Yeah, how how does this work? I don't know. They don't explain it at all. (laughs) Also, Dom is considering Gal Gadot. Letty just died, and he's on the revenge mission, and he's like, hmm... Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Because there's a club scene that comes where Dom... His investigative work apparently just composes of like letting women touch him all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, first we get a, an exchange with Joe Dirt where he burns Brian again and says muscle beats import every time. And then uh, so Brian responds by setting up a sting on Joe, Joe Dirt's fuck pad and framing him with meth. <laughs> In which Joe Dirt is narrating a third-party softcore foot fetish porn. <laughs> fetish porn. I put this down. He's really into feet because he has like 10 girls making out all around him and he cannot trouble himself <laughs> to put his video recorder down and join in. He is just close-ups of feet. Talking about himself in third person, which is a great character trait. Correct, yeah. I actually do wish this guy stuck around for longer in this movie because he was kind of enjoyable. Well, um, he ties into the Major Boswell prequel. He Major Boswell is and Noodle Lady are are telling oh, yeah. Dwight. <laughs> Dwight. And, Dwight's the mastermind. And Dwight does a reverse Sean and flees from Japan to America. Good point. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. So then we get our club scene. 
And man, they just upped it from the first scene of this movie because this sluttiest girl I've ever seen gets out of a car in these gold. Like her ass is just out. It's just ass. It's, it's just underwear. Ass. It's underwear. Like it's it's underwear. There's no other way to put it. There, those those aren't shorts. No, they're like up her, and then there's like a girl with like. Like her, the whole side of her dress is off, and like huge, like this, her cleavage is like down to her belly button. Like it's insanity. Um, so yeah, I say more ass, more tits, more actresses that get to list hot girl on their IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Dom who orders a Corona. Brian is also drinking a Corona. You can have anything you want as long as it's a Corona. It's a Corona. And uh, we get an unnecessary cat and mouse between Dom and Brian where they're like trying to out each other or something in front of this drug dealer is going to kill both of them. It's insane. Um, then we get Campos and he keeps talking about Braga, which is very suspicious. Mm-hmm. We get these more girls making out in the hallway. Just like three of them. I think they yeah. had an extra girl. There's like it's a the three four- women. Yeah, it's the 14 year olds again. Just upping the ante. Yeah, 14-year-olds plan the scene. Well, these 14-year-olds now have, like, a contract with the production company. And they're, like... uh, They're consulting producers. They're sitting high. Yeah, they're, like, well, how can we make this better? Let's add another girl. Yeah, but before the three three ladies making out, did you notice what wasn't in that scene? That was in the trailer. No. They cut Dom's creepy laugh. Yes. No, no, (laughs) they have the creepy laugh. Laugh. It's there. No, he just kind of smiled. He the oh. scene was there, but he doesn't laugh. He just kind of smiles and drinks from his Corona. He's not like. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, they did shorten it a little bit, but they do show him smirking, and I guess I just imposed the laugh in my mind. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dom so has yeah, an, now Dom and Brian are doing some sleuthing. Well, I said Dom has an interesting take on avenging lost love. He's taking shots with random whores and letting them feel him up. <laughs> hey, and whatever it takes. Yeah, so Brian sees Campos talking to an old man. Are we to believe this is Braga? Uh, We don't get an answer yet. Dom then finds a green Ford Torino, the one he's been looking for, Mm -hmm. and finds out that it's Phoenix's car. Yeah, uh, which, by the way, is there a garage in the back of every single club in this universe? Because this is the second time they go from a club to a hallway to a garage. Yeah, well, that's just how clubs work here. Oh, all all clubs are fronts for garages. Clubs are fronts for garages. Okay, now I understand. And now it makes sense. the party takes place outside of the club, where there's hundreds of people gathering and enjoying the music. Great um, place to hide. Excellent place to hide. It's a super covert drug operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's bigger than Pablo Escobar's. Anyway, uh, Gal Gadot is throwing herself at Dom, which is gross. And she wants to know Dom's taste in women. So Dom tells her. Uh, it starts with the eyes. Got to have those eyes that can look through the bullshit to the good in someone. 20% angel, 80% devil. Down to earth. Ain't afraid to get a little engine grease under her fingernails. Gal Gadot says, that doesn't sound anything like me. And Dom says, it ain't. Straight up crushes Gal Gadot. Now I know he's an anti <laughs> 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 just straight up murders her with words oof yeah and she looks 
banging. She's like 23 years old in this thing. She is gorgeous. Uh, anyway. Also, Dom has the expectations of a high school girl. Like, what is he talking? He's like, I want a guy who's nice, but also a bad boy. Yeah. But, <laughs> I want a guy with, like, long arms, but, like, short enough to get into spaces. Yeah. Um, Somebody who's always, you know, making lots of money, but also has all kinds of time for me. Yeah, yeah. We get it. You don't know what you want. Shut up. <laughs> um, Chad. <laughs> Uh, so then we have a headquarters scene, the FBI headquarters scene, and Brian wants another agent to run the fingerprints on Braga, who they don't have fingerprints for in the database. This has been established. That's not a problem. It's not a problem. Not in this universe. Brian uh, then drives to a rendezvous with Braga. Wait, Brian gets called called by the bad guy GPS. Yes. Which... He's carrying around in his pocket. Yes. Into FBI headquarters. Yes. <laughs> and nobody checks this where he's been. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like you take that into FBI headquarters and the jig is up. This is how stupid this movie is. <laughs> I didn't acknowledge any of that. I, d- I literally didn't process that. Like this he's, movie yeah, he's so much stupid at you. He's standing over a Trin, who's the woman. I think that's Trin. Uh, he's standing over her desk and is like, uh, you know, we got to do this. You know, Interpol, call these agencies directly. Oh, the bad guy, the bad guy who put the tracker on me is calling me while I'm inside the FBI. Got to go. Bye, guys. <laughs> they don't sweep it for bugs. I mean, this thing could be bugged. Totally. They don't even examine it. Yeah. And, and they're not... <laughs> Does the FBI know that this GPS, he's carrying around this GPS in his pocket? Because if they knew that, they would be like, okay, well, this is what we'll do. We'll set up, we'll put it in a remote location and have somebody monitoring it. We'll have some low-level agent monitor it. So that you don't bring it into the FBI. Yeah, we'll put our tracker in this tracker. Yeah. And then we'll find him. Or we'll get into the feed of the tracker. Instead of... (laughs) And then they scan for trackers. And they scan for trackers. (laughs) Ah, the bad guys give him a GPS tracker and then they check the cars for GPS trackers. Yeah, with a metal detector. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Brian gets a lecture from his boss who tells him to slow down because he's driving too fast to the rendezvous. And Brian blows him off because that's how you make your bread in this world. Uh, Campos is dressed like a backstreet boy. He's the, like Justin, he's the Justin Timberlake of Mexico. It's hard to explain. It's like that white short leather jacket that like all the boy bands would kind of wear with like the oh, white yeah. pants. It's like very bizarre. Uh, and he's also like not an in-shape dude. He's just like a beta male 40-year-old. He's, he's, I mean, Campos is going through a midlife crisis. Totally. Um, Anyway, Campos's crew is scanning, as you said, for tracking devices with metal detectors. So Brian ditches his tracking device in his energy drink. Yeah, after the, after the FBI is like, okay, he pulled into the garage. What? Right. He stopped. Yeah. They're like panicked. He stopped. He's inside of a building, presumably with other people. I think right. stopping is kind of what you do there. But they're in a you panic over it. Five around in circles in a garage. Yeah. Um, also, what is he drinking? 
Nas. Drake he needs Nas. Nas. It's he a callback needs... to when he needed Nas. Maybe he didn't need actual Nas. Maybe he just needed a pick me up for the middle. He was of... sleepy. Yeah. Uh, so Shea Wiggum brings up his like 50th good point of this movie. Says he killed the tracker. And the boss says, we don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. What, I said, why does why is Brian constantly given the benefit of the doubt and constantly proven wrong in giving being given the benefit of the doubt? Also, he's done this before. He's ditched the tracker in Too Fast and Furious, all right? We, he's, he has a record here. Um, but at the same time, he's got... If, if This is a, a failure on Brian's part because Brian's got to be like, okay, so last time I had a tracker, it became a problem. So I may have to kill the tracker, just FYI, in case they check for it. Right. No communication at the FBI. Yes. <laughs> no communication. Because they would not, uh, Stasiak would not be freaking out about him killing the tracker if he'd been like, okay, so we might need to kill the tracker. Right. Yeah, crazy. Um, so anyway. It's like, it's like two different people wrote this movie and they did not collaborate. <laughs> Like ten different people wrote this movie, and they Each did not. Scene had a writer. It's bizarre, yeah. So like uh, the freaking Marvel's MCU movies hang together better than this movie does, and there's like twenty five oh, of them. Totally, totally. Yeah, <sighs> they've only done in four movies, in four different movies. <laughs> so mad at this franchise, Joe. So then Campos locks the cars in a transport truck and takes them to Mexico. And Gal Gadot is there, and it's the dead of night. Mm -hmm. And she says she is going to guide the drivers via a radio. So she's the voice of the GPS in this scene. Yep. And then Phoenix isn't there, but he does show up as they're driving uh, to lead the crew in his car. And the drivers drive through a tunnel in the border wall, right? Yeah. So, no, it's a mountain. Oh, it's a mountain. Okay. Yeah, it's like an old tunnel um, in the mountain that they, uh, um, yeah, that they drive through. Which some Does of the worst separate is it like a mountain on the border? It must be. It must be because they go into it and then they when they come out, they're in America. So it's got to be on the border. Okay. Yeah, it's an impressive tunnel for a mountain tunnel for sure. Yeah, it's but it's also some of the worst CGI in the whole series so far, without a doubt. And they do the scene twice. <laughs> Um, and it's long. It's long. <laughs> These scenes are long. They aren't just little, just like piddly little scenes. They are long and, and laborious. And this was, they're like the centerpieces of the movie. Yes, this is what they're marketing to people is this scene. Uh, and it sucks. Yeah. It is so bad. Uh, so anyway, everyone makes it, but Phoenix is still pissed because Dom, like, I don't know, took the lead. I don't know. Um, he like jumps out in front of the back and that pisses Phoenix off because it breaks formation. Um, anyway, Dom gets shot. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. First something happens before things go to hell. Um, so everyone makes it, but Phoenix is pissed. Also, Phoenix is going to shoot all the drivers. That's what we find out. Like the end of this heist is about killing all the drivers. Which is what I have problems with. Because if that's their MO, how are they get like, how does Dwight, a, a repeat driver, like Dwight's, you know, the man at the race, he doesn't even have to do anything. Right. And then how do they get more than one person to ever do this ever? It's like, yeah. How is there any continuity in the drivers? I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, how is Joe Dirt still alive? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, anyway, Dom rigs his car to explode, turns on the Nas, and pushes in a cigarette lighter. Uh, and then Dom, because he recognizes what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Dom then confronts Phoenix about Letty. And Letty admits to killing Letty. Phoenix, sorry. Phoenix admits to killing Letty. Correct. Uh, then the car explodes and chaos ensues. And Dom gets shot, but he doesn't flinch because he's Dom. Literally does not flinch. Gets shot in the shoulder and I've never seen a guy react. He reacted like like a pebble hit him. Like he just Vin Diesel emoted the most that he possibly could in that scene, okay? Right, he's like, mm. <laughs> uh, then Brian and Dom escape with the drugs. Uh, the FBI is sending prints to uh, other countries. The prints that they lifted of Braga and this old man. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, Campos and this old, <laughs> old man. You blew it, Joe! I apologize. Uh, anyway, uh, why are they sending him to other countries? Like, I don't understand <laughs> how that helps. Uh, the boss wants Brian to bring in drugs and Toretto. So mm-hmm. he wants both of them to be brought in. And then Dom thinks they have $60 million of Coke that they just stole. But I sent you a picture that clearly says that they do not have $60 million worth. They have Coke. maybe 600000 Maybe. <laughs> he yeah. opens up a little case. There's like 10 of those kilos. Maybe he has 600 k Yeah. Which, um, um, which... Hold on, we just completely sidestep that. Oh no, no, that they tell they tell him to bring in Dom and bring in the shipment, and Brian's like, "No, that's okay." Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, he's like, "Or no." Yeah, and they're like, "All right, whatever you say." Man, Brian's so cool. <laughs> he just talk. You hear how he talks to the boss. Um. So anyway, Brian puts uh this Humvee worth of coke. In an FBI compound impound yard, and says they'll never find it here. Which, <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. I've been in lots of impound yards. They know exactly the cars that are in there. He wrote it down. He <laughs> writes down the license plate number. They know who came in. They check the. Forget it. Um, Brian says that Dom owes him a ten-second car to replace the car he just blew up. And so Dom breaks the windshield of a car in the FBI impound lot and says, now we're even. The cars are the cars are left unlocked in impound. <laughs> and they can drive them out. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, cars are left unlocked in impound. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's Brian. They could have if they had replayed the scene. That would have been excellent. With Roman. <laughs> Where Dom smashes the window and then he, Brian just opens the door. Perfect. Perfect. That would have been a good scene and a good callback. But because they mail the script to a random person in the country and have them write the next scene, there's no continuity. There's no callbacks. There's no nothing. There's no research. Um, yeah. So Brian then calls Mia to mend Dom's bullet wound. And Mia... While she's because apparently she's a nurse now on top of being what studying for an accountant at the beginning of the first movie. Uh, then she looks in his shoulder and says, bullets not in there. But guess what? There's no exit. wound. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Did the bullet bounce off of one of his ribs? 
Is he made out of metal? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Of course it's in there. Is he Wolverine? Oh, is Dom? Does Dom have healing powers? Could be. Could be uh, a very exciting change of pace here. Uh, but Vin Diesel can't be in the MCU because he's already grouped. So he can't be another character. Good point. And he's also in that stupid DC movie, Bloodshot. <laughs> no, that's not DC. That's a complete. Oh, you told me it's a different. He was going to make the VCU, which is Valiant Comics. Oh, I thought it was just the Vin comic. <laughs> <laughs> The Vin Cinematic. Well, I guess Bloodshot and Fast and Furious are in the Vin Cinematic Universe. Right. They exist in all the movies Vin Diesel has been in. <laughs> so stupid. Um, so anyway, uh, they eat dinner, and Dom reached first, so he has to say grace. So, so there is a callback. There is a callback there. I mean, there are callbacks, but they're just done so sloppily. It's yeah. insane. Um, anyway, he opens up a, an old box of Letty's stuff and he finds the same picture of her sitting on his lap at a cookout and like reminisces over. It's the only picture they have of her. Which uh, I, I'm just going to leave it be in, in a movie full of insane things. I'm not going to quibble over the boxes of Letty's stuff. <laughs> it's, it's just. I laughed out loud. They couldn't get another picture. Anyway, um, also, he finds an envelope with herself, and he calls the last number on it, and it is Brian. Uh-oh. Oh, Wait, but, um, but hold on. We missed the, uh, the Brian talking to Mia, and he says, you asked me why I let Dom go? I think because at that moment, I respected him more than I respected myself. And then he goes on to say, nothing really matters unless you have a code. And she asks him, what's your code? He says, still working on it. Yes. So he doesn't let these bad guys go because he has some sort of code where like, oh, maybe they're actually good guys run afoul of the law accidentally. It's because he doesn't know what to do with his life. Correct. There's he no doesn't overarching know. thing. He's just he's just floating from thing to thing, from place to place. Just his loyalties just change on a whim. And it's he has no code. He doesn't know what to do. Well, so that's why, despite being a sh- an objectively shitty cop and FBI agent, um, Brian is the most honest character in this movie and in this franchise. Because he will say, I don't know what I'm doing. That's true. And he doesn't know what he's doing. Clearly. Um, so Dom... Uh, okay, so Dom then proceeds to beat the shit out of Brian. Correct. For involving Letty in all of this and getting her killed. And I said, Brian better look up janitor jobs. Yeah, he better start researching janitor. Because he's getting flung around the apartment and like slammed on the ground. Like Dom is in full rage mode. Completely, yeah. Just completely destroying him. Yeah, but then Brian says that she was doing it in exchange for Dom's freedom. He's doing it for you, Dom. She was doing it for you. Uh, so then we get the FBI, we jump to the FBI headquarters, Mm -hmm. uh, and then we find out Brian has a plan. He is going to use the drugs to lure Braga into a hand-in-hand exchange. Yes. Which definitely doesn't sound like something he made up on the fly to get out of trouble, uh, with the FBI for just not, not hiding $60 million worth of drugs, hiding his tracker, (laughs) Yeah, and they ask him where it is, and he's like, it's safe. Oh, yeah, because he has a... That's not the answer you give your boss when you steal $60 million (laughs) worth of contraband. 
Don't think about it. Uh, but he also says uh, he has a price. And that price is that the FBI needs to let Dom walk. Because <laughs> he's calling the shots. He is big, bad boy Brian. Yeah. Well, this isn't a negotiation. Call back yeah. to the last one. He just calls I, the shots. I said, how about, fuck you, Brian, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. How about <laughs> that? Hard to do. How come no one can say that in this franchise? Um, so anyway, Dom sets up a meet with Campos. He asks for $6 million in cash from Braga himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Braga, or Campos is a little hesitant, but eventually agrees. And they meet at a shipping yard. And the FBI is there. Okay, so here we're here. This is the plan. They've got him surrounded. Presumably the FBI has everything in hand here. Um, but Dom is uh, Dom mentions that he's skeptical that he's going to get his freedom at the end of this thing. Yeah. Um, and then Campos shows up with some old man and $2 million, which was not the deal. Um, but they are trying to play off this old man as, as Braga. And by this point, look, I'm sorry if I've spoiled it for you. It's very obvious that Campos is Braga. He's the only guy we've had contact with here. Like, come on. Like, we know, but they're just hitting. Yo, this is a, you, see, this is why I'm really frustrated because in you, because you just gave away an M. Night Shyamalan level twist to this movie. You just gave it away. It is not... You just gave it away, Joe. I can't tell if you're being for You ruined this time. entire podcast I because you slipped earlier and said the guy that's obviously the guy calling the shots is the guy I, calling the I shots. I can't tell if you're being facetious right now. It's so obvious to me. Literally until this scene, I thought that Campos was Braga. I didn't realize that there was a difference. Joe... I'll answer your question for you. They did everything but have him turn and wink at the camera. <laughs> Every time he mentioned Braga. He's going on these monologues. Yeah. Oh, why would that be? There's an easy way to tell if a guy is like when they have a, a lackey speak for his boss in a movie. There's an easy way to tell if he's secretly the boss because they always have him go in some diatribe about compost or, or Braga's inner thought process or inner yeah. workings or inner everything. And um, in this one, he was like, uh, you know, with, at the, the golf scene, they, they really talk a lot about um, uh, what he was thinking and, and what he values and all that stuff. So he, it was obviously Braga. The whole it's time. every Campos line is an inner monologue about Brian's thought pro- or about Braga's thought process. Yes. So anyway, we get uh, Brian... Brian sees through this a little bit, and he tests the old man with a fat, fun fact about Braga's life that only Braga would know. And this guy does not know, so that means he's not Braga. And also, the FBI gets that Kaiser Soze. You know, this is why yeah. I said the Kaiser Soze thing, because they actually get a printout, and you see that it's been Campos this whole time. Which, it's 2009. It's the FBI. They have laser jet printers at this point. But it's yeah. just this like inkjet printer. It's like, I had we had a laser printer in my house in like two thousand. Right. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised if like you go into their surveillance room and it's a bunch of like DVD VHS combos stacked <laughs> on each other. Um. Anyway, 
Brian uh, then tracks down. Oh, Braga and Phoenix escape because now we can call him Braga finally. And Brian tracks down Dom to his garage mm-hmm. at his house and compliments him, uh, which is apparently something the FBI can't do. Just heads up. Yeah, he's like, uh, a lot of people are looking at for you. So what I did was I went to your house. <laughs> yeah, I went to the last place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he compliments him on upgrading to an electronic fuel injection system and then says he's going with Dom to get Braga and then goes inside to make out with Mia because that's just a logical series of things to do. Second time he called him a buster in this movie. Yeah. Oh, also, Buster turned into a gearhead. Buster turned into a gearhead. Also, they changed the line from the trailer. So in this exchange in the trailer, he says, I don't plan on coming back. And right. on this one, he says, I don't plan on bringing anyone back, which is a far more cowardly line than yes. I say in the trailer. Because <laughs> I thought he was going to die. I thought this was a suicide. Nope. It he goes just... from a suicide mission to... You're on your no- own. I'm not helping you. Right. <laughs> and if things get hairy, I am bailing. I'm out. I'm uh, out. I'm leaving you. I'm I'm leaving you out to dry, Brian. Just letting you know that right now. Right. Uh, then we get a meet up with Gal Gadot in the desert, and she gives Dom information leading to Braga and kisses him on cheek and immediately loses my respect. And then we get to Mexico. Finally, this is the last scene of the movie. And Braga delivers drug money to a church mm-hmm. and receives a blessing. Yeah. Which is and weird. Yeah. And he's, he's, I think, I don't know what the point is. Is it, do they use the church as a, a, a stop on their underground railroad? Is it a bribe to, like, I, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it either. Like, yeah, I don't know if they're like laundering money through the church or like they're it's like an Escobar thing where he's taking care of the community, but like they don't explain it, so it doesn't matter, I guess. Yeah. Um, Dom and Brian confront Braga. They mm-hmm. arrest him. So so much for the no survivors thing. Yeah, and and also yeah, the one thing he said, I don't plan on bringing anybody back. And then he goes, All right, we're here. The guy I wanted to to kill, uh, just go ahead, we'll bring him back. He'll face yeah. justice. Right. Yeah. And um and this uh. They get in with the help of uh, Gal Gadot. With Gal Gadot, yeah, that's what I said. She gives them Which, uh, information. I don't know if they say her name out loud. Her name's uh, Giselle. I don't they know if they say her name out loud in this movie. Never. They never do. That's what I thought. And then apparently, I would hope they do at one point in the franchise, uh, but not in this movie. So anyway, uh, Braga's men all over Mexico, and they all pursue Dom and Brian. Okay, so now we got a chase scene, and mm-hmm. Phoenix joins the chase scene. He leaves a cockfight to pursue it. Yeah, <laughs> he and he didn't want to leave either. He's no. like, come on, man! <laughs> I just put down fifty bucks. Come on, like, like the the heavyweight championship of cockfights. He yeah, I don't want to leave this. Like, come on, man! I dropped the money on pay per view. This isn't cheap. Like, just um. Anyway, Braga then makes a snide remark about Brian's driving. Calls back to his shitty video game GPS system. Says, hey, you need my GPS? Yeah. Which, oh, hold on. We got to go back to the church. There's another thing. Okay. Sorry, I keep I keep missing my cues on this one. But, the, so, Braga goes in. He's got his two thugs posted at the front door. Yes. Nobody at the side door. Correct. <laughs> Dom and Brian are just like, 
All right, so there's bad guys that way. We're going to go this way, and that's that. There's there's nobody at the door. There's no nothing. And yeah. then they just leave it open behind them so people, they, they know to follow them. Well, it's a small church. It's not like a cathedral, really. It's it's like yeah. a miniature cathedral, if you can even call it that. But, like, very easy to scope out. Uh, obviously not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> obviously not. Yeah, like they could have done a scene with that church earlier where there's like a tunnel or something like something, they yeah. didn't bother. Yeah. It, OK, here's a better scene. The church is there is a tunnel that goes from the United States to Mexico because they're overlooking that town. Right. And they're still in America because that's when Brian says this is where my jurisdiction ends. And Dom said this is where my jurisdiction begins, which doesn't make sense. Sure. Um, so if there had been a tunnel that they could get people through or they're stashing drugs or something in this church, right. then it would make more sense. But as totally. far as we know, he hands this preacher a bunch of money and the preacher leaves and we don't. Yeah. Wow. And presumably Dom just parks his Chevelle out back. Yeah. Dom and Brian then head for the tunnel in the mountain and they have to guess where the entrance is because it's disguised and the door is closed. Oh man. Uh, but Brian remembers, I guess. Because he's a savant, I guess. Because he's a savant, and he can sniff out a fake door from 100 miles away. Um, a bunch of cars wipe out in this tunnel. Um, we get that crappy CGI chase scene. It's not fun. It's arduous. It sucks. And this bunch... is... And during this chase, Dom takes out two cars with one shot from his shotgun. Yes. Multiple times. Like, he's just shooting tires, and cars are just flipping. Right. Well, we have this one scene where, like, a car hits a post and, like, four or five other cars hit it and explode. And they're in a mountain and in a tunnel mountain and nothing collapses. No, it's fine. Joe, it's fine. Don't worry about it. it five that, explosions. <laughs> Joe, that load-bearing post that they had no reason to put in unless it was bearing a load, it's not a load-bearing post. It's fine. Nothing's going to collapse. Apparently not. Apparently none of the posts are load-bearing. The walls are explosion-proof. You definitely don't use explosions and dynamite to build a mine like that. Everything is fine. Yeah. It's totally changes everything I know about building a tunnel. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> so Brian's car comes out the tunnel, and it wipes out. And Phoenix is on his tail, and he gets out of the car to shoot him. Uh, but then we flash back to Dom, who's still in the tunnel and still getting mm -hmm. chased. And he jumps. This is an insane move. He jumps. He's about to hit a dead end. So he jumps out of his car and yep. knocks a dude out of his car. Yep. From the passenger side? Yep. Haven't you done this? <laughs> you're talking like it's crazy. Like, the way you're talking, you're like, so you go downstairs and you, like, put a piece of bread in the toaster and then it's hot? Like, people do this all the time, Joe. He makes, he not only lands in the driver's seat, he knocks the guy out of the car. Correct. The wheel does not turn. He grabs Correct. the wheel. He drives straight. Doesn't accelerate. It, it continues to accelerate. And he gets out. I don't understand where the problem is, Joe. <laughs> I'm so fucking confused with this movie. I um, don't see what the problem is. Can you explain? Can you break it down? What part of that is unrealistic to you? Anything. <laughs> Any part. Um, 
this is anyway. Dom narrowly escapes this cave in because now everything's caving in finally when he gets to the end. Not the earlier explosions; it was that one explosion against a wall. That's um, Dom, Dom jumping into that guy's car finally made the laws of physics return to the return universe. to this universe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Dom narrowly escapes this cave-in, and he bursts out of the tunnel, yes. and then rams Phoenix with his car. Correct. Which, while, while Brian is holding Phoenix by the ankle, by the way. Yeah, a little teamwork's going on, because yeah. he's about so, to get shot in the head. So Brian should have been run over by this car as well. Yeah. <laughs> but he somehow jumps out of the way while being... Very well, Dom severely had, wounded. Dom has impeccable aim. We've established this. But Phoenix is in the middle of the front of the car, Joe. Yeah. So, I don't. See, I don't see the problem, Jeff. So the laws. <laughs> so what we're saying. Okay. So let's get this straight. So Dom jumps into the car. Laws of physics return to the universe. Yes. Dom ju- gets out of the tunnel. Laws of physics gone again. Correct. Okay. As Brief long as we're on the same time. page. As long as we're on the same page. That's all I need to know. Uh, well, then he calls him a pussy for not surviving a car crash. <laughs> Which the car was, yeah, yeah. He got smashed between two cars, and apparently that, you know, it's a reflection on you as a man. Well, Dom is a man that doesn't flinch when he gets shot. So That's true. he could That's walk away true. from a car crash in an instant. So, um, real quick here. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ruin something for you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ruin every action movie for you because this has been ruined for me through my job and I'm just okay. going to ruin, ruin it for you. Every time a car gets flipped in a movie and they linger on it, I want you to look at the center of that car because there's no exhaust, there's no drivetrain, there's no nothing. Interesting. And, and it's understandable why they do it. It's to make the car lighter. But every single time they do it in an action movie, they linger on that. And I'm just like, mm. and I can see, I can see also where they moved it with a forklift, but I won't explain that part. But, okay. but I just, every action movie with an upside down car, they remove the exhaust, they remove the drivetrain. So it's, it's ruined. I just ruined all, all, all action movies with the flip car for you. All right. I'm going to start looking for that now. I'm sure. Um, Honestly, maybe on my list of things I'm holding against this movie, that's like 150th. Like, it's not even in the top 100. Uh, so anyway, we get a courtroom scene, and then Dom gets... Uh, we find out that Dom, despite doing this one good thing, which, what good thing did he do exactly? He committed murder? <laughs> well, he brought down a Pablo Escobar-level drug-running operation. Well, Brian did. <laughs> Dom helped. He did Dom more than was going to kill him initially. He did more than uh, Stasiak did. More. Well, everyone does more than Stasiak. He's a fucking douche. Uh, but Dom gets 25 to life. Without possibility of parole. Without the possibility of parole. So finally, justice is served, and that janitor's family can sleep easy at night. <laughs> he already went to jail for the janitor thing. Okay. <laughs> um, so now he's not getting but- out. But here's the thing. This is what I don't get. Like, Dom had a chance to run. He had a chance to take off. He yeah. said, I, I ain't running anymore. You're like, yeah. all right, this is Dom's big, you know, he's recovering his, his, uh, his retrib- redemption. retribution. Redemption, thank you. This is a big redemption. So you go to the court scene, and the judge says, look, 
I know you single-handedly uh, closed the book on a major FBI task force operation. Look, I know you did that voluntarily, and you could have run again because nobody knew where you were, even though you were just at your in your garage at your house. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the maximum possible sentence with no chance of, of early parole. And that is the United States government thanking you for helping us in this operation, Dominic yeah. Toretto. Well, I... Yeah. It's insane. Like, they could have said, all right, we'll give you, you know, I'll give you 25 years with the possibility of parole. You're still within the guidelines. Keep in mind, Brian has also appealed for clemency here. Yes. (laughs) Clemency from a apparently notorious and widely renowned and respected FBI agent. Brian O'Connor, who can do no wrong. Right. But the judge ain't buying that shit. He's giving him 25 to life. Uh, Which Brian is still a cop after all this, by the way. He's still in the FBI. Yes. Presumably. Or he's in the courtroom with a, in a suit for no reason. Well, otherwise the clemency wouldn't really matter. Yeah. So after all of this, third time he's screwing over the FBI. Third time. Presumably he's, still, he's been promoted. <laughs> he's still a G-man. But the only consequences he faces is that his friend Dominic Toretto gets the book thrown at him. Okay, here's another thing about Brian. I'm just going to go off topic. He is giving directives to that other Tran or Trin. Trin, other yeah. agent, Trin. So, so he's presumably he's not even a low-level agent. Yeah, <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brian is more broken up about this 25 years to life than Mia is. Mia doesn't care. We, we established in the first but, movie that Mia is an unfeeling psycho or sociopath. 100% true. Because she yeah. doesn't shed a tear here. Uh, and then, there, uh, yeah. So he's going to jail. He's getting transported to jail in a big uh, transport bus. Yep. And going up to Lompoc, which... Lompoc. You remember those drives up, uh, up 101 through Lompoc? From- sure do. Ugh. They, they captured the bleakness of, of that terrain very well. Of the area between the Central Valley and Southern California. Yes, it's a dumpster fire. It sucks, yeah. So we get three cars that mm-hmm. are following this transport. Mm-hmm. One of them is Brian in the Charger, seemingly a passing of the torch. One of them is Mia. And what's the third? Is it Han? Could it <gasps> is be it, Han? Is it Vince? Is it is Vince? Vince? Nope, it's the Latino guys. <laughs> Joe, is it Gal Gadot? Is it Gal Gadot? They had so many areas to go. Is no. it Sean? Sean. <laughs> no, so it couldn't areas. be Sean, because this was before Tokyo Drift. It couldn't have been Sean. Sean was oh, like 12 okay. at this point. Right, 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 right. Nope, it's the two Latino guys. Cannot remember their names, but apparently it matter. Let, let me flip my notes back to the beginning. Tego and Omar. Tego and Omar are part of the crew, part of the central crew. Uh, of course, because they couldn't make it a good movie. They couldn't just make it Han. Um, they couldn't, so, yeah, bring back Han back into the fold. After all of that hype surrounding it. Um, anyway... Dom smiles because he knows he's getting out of jail. Tej, Roman, anyone. <laughs> There's so many other people they could have had. Ja Rule. I don't care. Ja Rule, Hector, Johnny Hector. Tran. Uh, okay. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a pretty sweet song for the end credits. Uh, 
and then a super late disclaimer that is just slow. It's the pacing of it is like the movie. It's like one line, one line, one line. That's the end of this movie. <sighs> shit, uh, dude, it's shit. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, how'd you it's like? How'd you like Fast and Furious? Fucking shit. I don't know why. Like, period. Just end the sentence. Yeah, I don't know why. Why not do something? You were on the right track. Like, they had things. It's like they were filtering it down to its best form. And they almost got there with Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. And then they took all of the resin, all the shit they took out, and they made a movie with it. Yeah. But, Joe, what if I told you that Fast Five is one of the most popular movies in the franchise? I've heard this. And honestly, I'm getting excited to watch this movie. And you couldn't have set me up better. This movie could be just competent. And I would think it was amazing after watching this movie. Oh, buddy. Fast Five is more than competent. Competent. It's highly competent. This is where we we get The Rock joins the cast, Joe, in Fast Five. Very exciting. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the uh, Marlon Brando of our generation. (laughs) Uh, so where does this rank in the fast and furious movies for you joe okay i haven't done a ranking in a while but this is where i'm at third at the top Uh tokyo drift uh second is second so too fast too furious too fast too furious two and best movie in the franchise first fast and the furious is third. third But, like, a distant third. Like, there's a lot of range between two and three here. Yeah. And then four, I don't understand how they'll make one worse than four. I think it's got to be the worst. I agree, which brings up a point that how after Fast and the Furious, which was awful, barely made any money, do they greenlight too fast, too furious? And then how after this one, I guess because it made a ton of money, even though it sucked. That's why. First one made a ton of money. Well, this one made a ton of money, too. That's why they right. greenlit uh, Fast Five. Um, yeah, my guess is if this one didn't make money, they were going to bail on the franchise. So this well, one had to make some money, even though yeah. it sucked. So Vin Diesel wanted to make Fast Four and Fast Five back-to-back. Do a, like, Lord of the Rings situation where they film two movies back-to-back. Yeah. And the studio was like, Hold your horses, dude. <laughs> this ain't the movie. You don't call the shots. Yeah. <laughs> this well, isn't like, the universe in the movie. Yeah, they were like, hold the horses because, uh, you know, who? which movie? Did Tokyo Drift lose money? Yes. Yeah, so they're like, pump the brakes, dude. Like, we know you're excited to be back. Um, but, you know, may, maybe not. Yeah, dude, you don't. Yeah, he's like, I want six million in a hand-to-hand with Braga. It's like, dude, you're not in the movie. <laughs> shut up you don't make the you don't call the shots he's like this is not a negotiation right yeah brian's behind him like pokes out this is not a negotiation (laughs) which i mean maybe he thought he had some um some pool after they just like he to get into tokyo drift he's like you gotta give me the rights to riddick they're like we don't want the rights to riddick here (laughs) you can have them (laughs) is that all you want perfect This stuff, we were going to throw that out. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's he's like digging over their intellectual properties. Like, you gonna eat that? There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> three day old pizza crust called Riddick. I guess you can have it. Sure. And then he thinks he's Gordon Ramsay calling like the a shots. Bandit. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, right. Joe, that's Fast and Furious, and I promise you, the that's movies get better. Good. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those. Yeah. So next movie we get The Rock. He comes in, and everything changes, Joe. Very exciting. Everything changes. Everything cha- is it still family based? Oh, Joe, you know it's about family. Good. <laughs> but every everything you wished Fast Four was comes out in Fast Five. Good to know. Also, I'm looking at the cast list of Fast Four and Fast Five. So I got the names Tego and Omar from my closed captioning. Mm-hmm. So they were Tego and Omar. The characters are named Leo and Santos. Oh. <laughs> But they're Tego Calderon and Don Omar. So the closed captioning just used their first and last name, I guess. I don't know. So Tego and Omar are Leo and Santos. So they show up again. They're still part of this. Well, all right. I'll give you spoiler. Fast Five starts with where Fast Four ended up. Okay. So it it starts right off. That scene. Okay. Well, at least we, you know, we have this. Yeah, so that's why they're in the credits for this because they're in that scene. I see. Okay. Yeah. That's that's all I'm gonna give. That's all I'm gonna give. Giveaway is that it starts with that scene, so they're gonna be in that scene. So, um, what's their involvement after that? Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully, Luda comes back. I feel like I Luda. Luda comes back, but I'm wondering when that's gonna be. All right. So that'll do it for Fast and Furious. Unless, Joe, do you have any more? I mean, this can become a therapy session for you for having to watch this movie. I, I probably will have to talk to you for a little bit after this. <laughs> Joe, I want to remind you, this was this, this was your idea. <laughs> Why? Nobody forced you to do this. You came to me. This was your idea. I just want to remind you of that. Why did I choose quarantine to do this? It's such a terrible time. <laughs> Because then you can, like, stomp around your house and be mad in private and nobody sees it. You have no idea. Dude, 3.30 a.m., I'm screaming in my living room. Into a pillow. So, all right. So that will do it for the Fast and Furious episode of the Reactionaries podcast. Uh, We will be back next week with the pre-action for Fast Five and the full episode for Fast Five, where everything changes. Hopefully for the better. Hopefully. Who knows? A man can dream. A man can dream. If you like what you heard here, you can subscribe on Apple Music, uh, Podbean, Spotify, any of the third-party apps that use the Apple Music database. You can subscribe there. A lot of those will let you rate and review. We would also appreciate it if you did that. So, for Joe, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, and you have a good one. Adios.
Sube, no pare, dale que esto siga. Sube, no pare, dale que esto siga. 